This is CJ Costigale, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Clean win by Costabile. Charging toward the net. He scores! Virginia has won the national championship for 2011. There it is! It's snapped in! Sammy Joe Tracy! A team of destiny indeed! Welcome to another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk. Today is Memorial Day, but unfortunately, we are not celebrating a national champion like in years past. Due to COVID-19, there is no national championship on today, but we thought we would bring you some of our old interviews with players that participated in national championships in the past. While this can't substitute for watching a national championship game, we hope it can at least bring you some comfort during this time, and we hope you can enjoy your favorite players recounting the pinnacle moment in their college lacrosse careers. You know, I mentioned that the four championships that you had, all of them were kind of spread out. And, you know, we, we actually talked to Steel Stanwick, one of your former players, about the 2011 championship. But um, what did you see in all those championship teams? Like, was there anything that stuck out that was similar um, when you guys made those runs? Um, or were they all kind of unique in their own right? Uh, well, they're all, they're all certainly somewhat unique. Uh, but at the same time, you know, now that I've had a chance to step back and I, I do a lot of speaking, I... I get calls from teams and programs and you know organizations to come and speak about things like this and to speak about leadership and or the requirements for success and you know when when I look back at these team those teams and I had a chance to think about it uh the common thread that ran through each one of them was outstanding leadership you know uh I got to Virginia in 92 so my first spring was 93 you know, we were in the NCAA, we were in overtime of the NCAA finals in 94. You know, we mm-hmm. lost in overtime. Uh, we got back to the final four in 95. We got back to overtime of the NCAA finals in 96, you know, and lost in overtime. And, uh, and so you come to appreciate how hard winning can be, you know, and I, I often use the example of, uh, you, know, you look at Maryland, you know, they win the men's championship in 2017 and, you know, it had been 42 years since they had won the one previous to that. They had been, they were 0 for 9 in NCAA final games. So here I am, it's 96, 97, we haven't won, you know. Uh, and so what's the formula, you know? What do we need to do? You, you know, you're, you you spend all your time trying to figure out how to build a better mousetrap. And, uh, and at the end of the day, uh, I look out the window, it's the summer of 98, and it's the middle of the summer. You can know how hot it can be in Charlottesville. And I look out on our practice field, and there's a young man on the practice field. We have a hill adjacent to the field. He's running up and down the hill holding a 45-pound plate above his head. And uh, it wound up, it was Tucker Radebaugh. And uh, on that, you know, in so in the fall of 98, Tucker was going to be a senior on that team. And, and uh, the sense of urgency when we first gathered that fall of 98 was, you know, enough is enough, fellas. Virginia hadn't won a championship in 27 years at that point. You know, we'd been close, obviously, but hadn't quite sealed the deal. And uh, it was just a little different sense uh, starting that fall. And and we went on to we won our first championship in '99. And I I say, you know, the the key is that leadership from within. You know, uh, internal leadership. Uh, you can't push it down from the top. It has to bubble up. And so from Tucker Radebaugh. You know, to 2003 with Chris Rotelli, uh, you know, uh, that 2006 team, that undefeated team had four or five guys 
that were that that took control of that team to the 2011 group. You know, captains like Steele, but uh, but they, you know uh, another guy by the name of Bray Malfris that that just um, you know provided that leadership from within, commanded that locker room, and that's the that to me is the common thread. And uh, so when I'm talking to these groups and all, I talk about what some of those characteristics are and and uh, and and that there. So I've you know I've um, it can take some different forms, but I've never had a team be successful without that, without without that leadership piece. And it doesn't always have to be a championship team. 2015 mm-hmm. team, Ryan Tucker was as good a captain, as good a leader of it as I ever had. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, we we didn't win it, we didn't win the championship that year, but we we played as close to our potential as probably any team I'd had previously. And uh, and so that's the that's sort of the 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 common piece that, that flows through all those teams. And you were lucky enough to find, you know, a lot of success when you were, um, you know, at Princeton. Uh, you won the national championship your freshman year and then capped it off, uh, you know, winning uh, one in 2001 as a senior. Talk about the culture at Princeton and what made the program, you know, so successful. Yeah, when I mean, when I got there, um, the seniors that were there were, were guys like, you know, Jesse Hubbard, mm-hmm. John Hess, Chris Massey, um, that that amazing group that had uh, the, that that year, my freshman year, that was their third title in a row, um, and that was a fifth in under ten years at Princeton. So there was kind of this um, tradition where it, it, if you wanted to, um, you know, really there was kind of this pressure on the senior class every year that if you wanted to leave your mark on the program that. You know, it was kind of expected that you get to Final Fours and win national championships. So um, to be around those guys and see how hard they worked, you know, like I remember all three of those guys hitting the wall every day and shooting around and, and you know, really looking up to the way uh, they led our team when we were freshmen and then, and then wanting to do the same um, our senior year. So it was cool to kind of, uh, bookend it because mm-hmm. the, the two years in between we we had a little bit of growing to do. Uh, Syracuse <laughs> Syracuse smashed us a few times in, in mm-hmm. those two years, and uh, we we had to grow as a team and, and work hard to get back to that spot that that those guys had had gotten the program to. So um, yeah, it was a great great experience. I had great teammates there, great friends, and um, yeah, Princeton University is an amazing place to go. So. Um, I, I look back on those years very, very fondly. That's arguably one of the best uh, national championship squads uh, in history. You know, you had you had player of the years all over the field then, you know, and I, I think Kip Turner, I was a goalie, so I was uh, biased, I guess. I think Kip could have been goalie of the year that year, but talk about that championship and everything with that group of guys. Yeah, that was a that was a team that I think was kind of, born of the disappointment of 2005 we had a Mm -hmm. good season in 2005 um we were up by a goal with 12 seconds left against the eventual national champion in hopkins and ended up letting that game slip through our fingers and i think it was a group that came back in 2006 and was really really hungry was willing to do whatever it took and certainly had a great senior class i mean full of guys you know like mike culver who was the defensive player of the year kyle dixon the midi of the year um, and Matt Ward, the attackman of the year. But, you know, you go beyond that, and um, you got guys like Matt Pasquet, who's um, a great pro, um, Danny Gladding, Garrett Billings, um, you know, Drew Thompson. It was, it, was a loaded, it was a loaded group, and, uh, 
and it was about as fun a team as I've ever played on. And I think it was fun because one guys decided that they were that all they cared about was what do we need to do to win because mm-hmm. we knew the disappointment of losing. And then two, it, 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 it kind of manifested itself in just really unselfish play. I mean, that team moved the ball about as well as any team I've ever played on. And I think it's why the ball ended up in the back of the net a lot, but I had a, had a great want run, went undefeated and, uh, and won a national championship. We'd be remiss to, if we didn't talk about that game winner in the national championship that gave Duke its first ever uh, championship. What was going through your head uh, when you won that cleanly and took it down the field? Obviously, you said you were glad Coach uh, didn't call a timeout there, but what was going through your yeah, head? Yeah, that would have been a hoof. You know, I mean, what's going honestly, it's funny you say that. So, like, you know, if you kind of really, really want to dissect it a little bit, you know, I look at it from – I remember I was so caught the la- like again I wasn't taking the main draws I wasn't taking the opening face off uh, Sam Payton who was our captain and he was a freak athlete he was an absolute stud it was kind of the guy and then you know in the face off game I mean as a lot of folks know I mean it's a battle of rock paper scissors shoe right yeah you know, certain guys beat certain guys you know where maybe I beat one guy uh, and then all of a sudden I have trouble with this guy but then the guy who I beat can actually beat the other guy. And, you know, I mean, granted, there wasn't a lot of face-offs in that game. Was, I, mean, I always tell people, it's funny, like, my the, my favorite game I've ever been a part of in my life was the semifinal game when we played Virginia, where we ended up winning mm-hmm. by a uh, goal 14 That was by far my favorite game I've ever been. Whereas you go to the kind of, you know, when we played Notre Dame, I mean, it's 6-5. It was a defensive fest, a snooze yeah. fest in terms of a spectator game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, kind of, you know, they were put me out there as kind of being the hot hand. And I remember kind of like, like call it with, like, say, about 10, 12 seconds left in the fourth quarter, you know, you look at what Scotty Rogers was able to do. I mean, yeah. he on his, stood on his head. I mean, the amount of crease saves that that guy made with his tree trunk of legs was just absolutely <laughs> outrageous. And, you know, so I'm sitting there, remember, like 12 seconds or so left, we have the ball. And I remember just kind of like sitting on the bench, just like, all right, like, listen, you got to, you know, you know, not mentally prepare, but in a sense to just get ready for this, you know, and I remember, like, Coach Gavs, who was our defensive coordinator at the time, came over and just kind of, like, patted me on the shoulder and kind of, like, moved on. And, like, you know, I heard the whistle blow. And I wasn't watching any of this last 12 seconds. Uh, I remember just kind of sitting there just, like, in my hands, just thinking, like, all right, listen, here's the deal. Like, just just win the ball. Like, mm-hmm. you have a lot of great athletes on, you know, great offensive guys. Get them the ball and just get them the best shot, shot opportunity. I remember picking up this ball, and all of a sudden I'm like, I got an open lane here. Mm-hmm. So I pick it up and I'm running and, you know, I look at kind of like left and right and I don't see anyone uh, like I, my guys are doing a great job boxing out, giving me a lane. And what's great also about these NFL stadium is that you have lines, right? So you kind of know where you are in the field. Mm-hmm. So you know that the GLE is at the 10 yard line. And then in M&T bank where the game was, you know, that the 20 yard line has those purple kind of outer lines on it. it Designate that meaning that you're basically 10 yards from the goal at that point. Sure. So, I remember running and like, all right, like, you're waiting for the slide here. And, you know, I, you're not 100% where it's going to come from, but I'm running. And, you know, it's very interesting, especially times when games in overtime, right? And, you know, you look at it where guys don't want to be the fall guy. Meaning, mm-hmm. like, you know, people have a tough time sliding because, you know, it's like, oh, like, I don't want my guy to be the one who scored because then it's my fault. But at the same time, is it's a four-on-three break. Like, you got to – Someone's got to pick up ball. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the way I look at it, I mean, like my sophomore year, 
I got hurt early. I started kind of finally feeling more back healthy in my um, towards, you know, towards playoff time, actually. But, you know, if I'm running down the field, I just remember running. I'm like, all right, I'm going to look to pass it off. I mean, like, you know, who's going to be opening? Like, Ned, like Ned's going to be there. I can throw it to Ned. That's going to be fine. Or I did like throwing a lot of times cross, like to like say that righty uh, shooter. So mm-hmm. Zach Howell. But at the same time, if I'm Notre Dame, right, my game plan would probably be let me shoot, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about it. It's like, all right, you got Ned Crotty, who's going to win the torch in that year. You got Zach Howell, who I was I think is a 50 plus goal scorer that year. And on the left hand side, you got Max Quinzani. So, you know, of that of those four, then you got me, the sophomore kid. Like, I, you know, who are you going to, with a long pole, who are you going to let shoot the ball? So I just remember running down the field, and as soon as I hit that purple line, I was like, all right, no one slipped to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of let this thing fly. And it's funny because, you know, especially the long pole, the biggest thing you worry about is trail checks. Mm-hmm. So when I run through the field, you make sure that I basically have my stick up in front of myself. And you want to keep it really high, right, because you want to keep the angle so that it's very difficult for the goalie to track. Mm-hmm. And what you're taught as a defenseman is you want to shoot for upper corners, right? So the idea here is that if you miss, at least you can just get it back up, no problem. Because the worst thing in the world is when you run transition, you hit the goalie in the stick, right, and it's popcorn going the other way. Because then you mm-hmm. got to get on your horse, yep. tired. Uh, it's just the worst experience. And then if they score, then you feel like even worse. Like it's kind of like a kind of a two goal swing, so to speak. And I remember kind of just like shooting kind of as high as possible. And, like, I remember, like, I shot it falling down, and basically where the ball de- – and I remember just sitting there, I kind of slid, and I just remember watching. And, I mean, the scouting report for us from the shoot low on Scotty uh, Rogers, who's the goalie for Notre Dame, and mm-hmm. I just remember seeing him just go low. Like, and, like, all I remember seeing is the back of the net just kind of move. Or basically, it seemed like where the ball went were basically where his head would have been if he didn't kind of guess low a little bit. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing the net move and like, you know, the first, like it was, and like all of a sudden, like you just sit there and I see the net move and I'm just like, wow, like you kind of like takes like kind of a second to digest. And like, sure. I didn't hear any of the crowd, any of that. So what I ended up hearing though was I just remember hearing Max Quinzani. So on my right side, and I just hear, hear him say, Oh my God. But as he, <laughs> he's, his voice cracks, like he just went through puberty. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god, this is it, this is over. I remember just grabbing him and like just hugging him, and you know, you sit there, you're hugging, and like you know, Zach and Ed, and all of a sudden, like next thing you know, the whole team's kind of like dog pile rush, and then you're at the bottom of this pile, <laughs> and you know, you're sitting there and you're getting absolutely crushed, like I, you can't breathe. Uh, Steve Shuffle was a mini for us. You know, his helmet came off. I remember Zach's, like, literally trying to cradle his, he- helmet, his head so that he doesn't, like, you know, so his head doesn't get crushed. <laughs> I remember sitting there just, like, and I'm sitting there, like, just, like, I can't breathe. But I was just so happy that I did not care in the least. Like, I sat there and just, like, wow, this is it. Like, I mean, you're talking about, I mean, that's the goal. I mean, that's, like, the pinnacle of it all in terms of lacrosse is to win on a weekend, to have a moment on that. And then, you know, what people don't realize is, I mean, your season starts in August. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. We have a fall season. I mean, like we, you know, you run and lift, you play lacrosse, you get up at six, seven o'clock a.m. in the morning at Duke, and you practice a couple hours, and you go to class. Like people don't see all that, all the hard work that goes into it. And then, you know, obviously you look at certain, what some of those guys went through in 2006, and the kind of 
you know, you know, you don't always, you don't always necessarily get storybook endings. And like, you know, I'm very fortunate to have that moment for those guys. Uh, and you know, it was just, you know, I just, it was just honestly, like, it was just surreal. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Today, I also want to talk to you about Phoenix Supplements. I started using Phoenix Supplements after searching for a supplement brand that didn't use any unnecessary additives. Phoenix's line of supplements use only the required ingredients and is free of any fillers that many supplement companies use. Not only that, but their supplements are produced here in the U.S. in an FDA-regulated facility, and the best part is they taste really good. I personally like using the Orange Dream School Protein Blend in the morning, and I use their Chocolate Whey following workouts. So if you're interested in trying Phoenix Supplements, visit their website, fnxfit.com, and use the code PROLACROSS to receive 15% off your order today. You guys really capped off a, a magical run in your junior season in 2011, uh, winning the national championship, um, and then you you know followed that up a, a few weeks later, winning the Touratan Trophy. But tell me what that national championship run was like, and then you know finally winning the Touratan, which is you know considered the Heisman of lacrosse. You know that that award is is very much a team award, and I think it was a product of us uh, you know ha- having a great run there. But it was a very up and down season. You know we kind of limped into the playoffs there, and. Uh, you know, it was the ultimate just kind of like we got hot at the right time and, and stayed together, and, and we didn't really freak out when things were kind of uh, not going our way. And, you know, we, we lost a couple of our, our uh, good players to injuries and to some suspensions and stuff and here and there, and we just were able to kind of right the ship. And, you know, I credit Coach Sargent, Coach Van Arsdale, and Coach Walker a lot, you know, kind of keeping us together. And, um, you know, we had some great leadership from the seniors. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, it was just one of those things we just kind of caught lightning in a bottle and, you know, it was one of my best, you know, probably my favorite memory uh, is, is being on the field after we won that national championship uh, uh, in, in Baltimore. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the national championship run your freshman year. Um, I was actually at that game in Baltimore with my family. Uh, but what was it like, that experience, winning that championship right from the jump? Yeah, I mean, it sounds cliche, but it honestly was a dream come true. I was I was going to absolutely nuts when it happened. And uh, luckily for me, you know, being like one of the top recruits, I was able to step on the field, you know, my freshman year, which was, which was awesome. You know, not many guys at top programs can can say that. So, going into the you know the final four, I I actually moved from attack to midfield, and uh, one of our top middies got hurt, which kind of meant me you know having a you know starting midfield role, which was which was awesome. You know, I think I had three three goals against Denver in the final four, and then a couple of assists in the final game, and it was just an awesome experience. You know, playing at a venue. You know, that caliber at M&T Bank in Baltimore. And then you know, just having, you know, 40-plus thousand fans there. And, you know, as a freshman, it was it was unbelievable. And it kind of sucked, too, at the, at the same time. You know, you think you're going to get back to the Final Four. And, you know, after that, I thought I was going to win another one, blah, blah, blah. But it didn't end up happening. And, you know, but I'll, I'll always say, really, you know, that one national championship they had and that ring. And, you know, just it was just an unbelievable experience overall. You played on that championship team your freshman year. I mean, what was that like winning a championship uh, in your first season with UVA? It set the bar pretty high. I'm not gonna lie. Like you know, winning it your freshman year, you're like, dang, this is how it's gonna be. You know, hopefully three yeah. more. But um, 
you know, that was just a special season. Obviously there's circumstances that happened um, before I got there. And then, you know, there's some issues that arise when I was there with, uh, you know, the Bratton brothers, but it was, it was an unbelievable ride. I'm actually reading coach's uh, book right now, his book. I hope you will be very happy. And, you know, him recapping some of the, some of the memories of that season. It's just like kind of like reliving it. Um, and it just brings back so many great memories. Obviously, again, there were some, some instances that happened, but we kind of just came together as a team and um, really rallied behind it. And thankfully we had great leaders in Bray Malfres, John Holiday, and, you know, Steel Stanwick, Adam Gilliman. And, um, you know, those guys like are, are kind of, I think who deserve the most credit for, you know, riding the ship the right way and, and getting us back on track and kind of having like that never back down or never die mentality and, you know, being able to uh, be down to Bucknell late in, late in the fourth quarter to winning in overtime with Matt White in the game winner. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. going to Long Island and being Cornell to, you know, Clint Kessnick kind of calling us out on uh, the internet, you know, saying Mm -hmm. the only thing that's going to beat Denver's the, the heat. Um, And then, you know, beating Maryland in the national championship. It was, it was an unbelievable experience, you know, again, like winning it as a freshman, the the standards were set high and, you know, unfortunately we couldn't get it back to, you know, the championship weekend, but, you know, I'll I'll never trade any of my wins, losses, um, you know, practices on Saturday or Sunday mornings for, for anything for it all to come full circle. was just a really, really special moment. Uh, How was it playing at Duke uh, for coach Nowski and winning those two national championships? It was definitely, you know, some of the best years of my life. You know, obviously, you know, with how things are going with pro lacrosse and my career after college, you know, I'm hoping that it's not the peak, but it set the foundation for what I think is a really strong, you know, opportunity after college. And I feel like I'm just really fortunate to have played for Coach Donowski, Coach Caputo, uh, Matt Donowski, Ben DeLuca, guys like that. And so... It's just been a really like big blessing to have gone through the Duke program and be a part of it. End up going all the way to the championship and winning in triple overtime off your game-winning goal. Talk to us about that moment. That was definitely one of the craziest moments <laughs> of my life. I had a really um, tough year as a freshman because I was starting and then I actually got a foot injury and mm-hmm. I believe everything happens for a reason because I was only allowed to play a certain amount of minutes a game. Mm-hmm. So instead of being on the field, I came off the sideline and it put me in the, when Megan Ward like did that big stuff, mm-hmm. it put me in perfect position to score the winning goal. And I'm number 13. Uh, it was 2013. I scored the 13th goal to win it. Um, on May 26, which is 13 plus 13, and exit 13 was where Villanova was off. So I think <laughs> it was. So, so pretty much 13 is not an unlucky number for you. It's a pretty lucky number for you. After that moment, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but there was nothing luck involved with that because um, you end up, you know, going back to the title game. You, you just sat out a season with that injury. Um, you end up going back to the title game two years later and losing to Maryland. Um, and then you guys won again, that final year uh, or that following year against Maryland to, for your second title. So talk to us a little bit about getting back there two years later, you know, falling to Maryland in that championship game and then beating them again, your junior season, your redshirt junior season. That, that 20, 
15 season was Mm -hmm. a a battle and we went through a lot as a team and grew. And I think we really thought like that was the, the team that was going to do it all. And Mm -hmm. we, we falling short by one and again, being up by a lot and then Maryland coming back, I pulled my hamstring during that game and, you know, I felt like I could not contribute as much as I should have. And we did make some minor mistakes that we were like, we went back the next year angry and with a chip on our shoulder and we did X, Y, and Z wrong. And we really went to the drawing board. But the funny thing is that 2016, we didn't, it was such a journey and we had, we lost a lot of people to injury and we, it was, we lost a lot of games and Mm -hmm. we won by one in overtime a lot. We had like, I think several games where we, one by one right and Mm -hmm. so everything was just like a nail biter and a battle and I think that's what actually prepared us to win like we Mm -hmm. had that extra gas in the tank and that like chip on our shoulder we had like I I, Marie McCool I had just a stacked team that we didn't really get as much accolades as we should have and I think just all fueled us to push through and not only just win by like the skin of our teeth but like Mm -hmm. Uh, talk about that experience making that run with the who's and winning it all yeah i think uh i mean it was the best experience you know you know a once in a lifetime obviously mm-hmm. um but kind of as soon as we got to uva my, my class um you know we had always we felt that we were really strong we had a ton of talent uh, you know, a lot of physical abilities. We, um, and as soon as we got there, we kind of felt like we could change something that we could, you know, really be the start of something and, and bring UVA back. Um, and it was just really cool to be a part of that and be a you know, part of that class. I can, you know, say, you you know, we won a championship with UVA and, and brought that excellence back. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, more to that year, um I think a lot of people didn't expect that to happen. I think we got a lot of balls go our way and, yeah. and calls and things like that. But I think we had put in so much effort and time and sacrifice during the fall and into the spring that I think, you know, those were destined to go our way almost. And uh, sure. it was just an amazing run. And I've never been a part of a better team chemistry-wise, connected, um, just trusting each other on the field. And I think that was the biggest um, reason why we were able to succeed in those late games. You know, over time when we were down four or five goals in the fourth quarter, it's just, you know, looking at one another and saying, all right, I got this. You can trust me. I can trust you. And, and you saw that unfold in, in all the game, close games that we won and, and then down the stretch. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Today, I also want to talk to you about our affiliate Stitcher Premium. You can use Stitcher Premium to listen to shows ad-free like Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, Wolverine the Lost Trail, or our personal favorite, The Fantasy Footballers. For only $4.99 a month or $39.99 a year, you get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, and comedy albums. If you visit Stitcher.com today and use the code LACROSSE, you can get one month of Stitcher Premium for free. So head on over to Stitcher.com, sign up, and get your free trial today.